Cinema Spectator, a movie podcast, is produced because of listeners like you. If you want to support our show, you can share it, give us a rating on iTunes, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, where you can throw a couple dollars our way and get access to our exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film, Late Spring, directed by Yasujiro Ozu, starring Shishu Ryo and Setsuko Haru. My name is Cameron Tuttle and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? Good. I was debating singing something in response and then I figured I would have a crippling depression and regret after I did that. But Yeah, probably... Probably good that you didn't. What were you gonna say? Though? I have that song. Uh, uh, I don't know, like, because you asked how I was, and I was gonna say like same, and then I thought of that song that's like same as it ever was, same as oh, it ever. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. Uh, what? The, uh, once in a lifetime. Sorry. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think that that song makes sense to sing a cappella. I just don't think it would. Mm, mm. You know. But anyways, <laughs> I've explained myself even worse. But yeah. Um, I'm also joined with Juzo Greenwood. Juzo, um, our, uh, our, he's actually the film expert because he's seen way more movies than I have. Um, Except in matters of Ozu. Yeah, that's true. uh, I'm doing uh, pretty well, pretty well, and uh, just cranking through, like burrowing like a mole through as many movies as I can from last year that I have, that I've missed. Mm, and mm. um this is you know for pretty enjoyable and i actually had a pretty full week of movie watching so uh excited to share about some of those and uh, and also talk about uh, our buddy ozu <laughs> yeah what did you uh what did you watch just give us some highlight i heard you you watched wonka and you did not like it which yeah, is sad that was because i love yeah. paul king but the director Paul King of Paddington and Paddington Two. I figured, how bad could it be? And it's not terrible. Like it was pretty watchable, but it's not. It was just kind of oddly mean, a little mean spirited, and not. I just think Chalamet is not good for this kind of thing, either. You know, he's not whimsical, and he's not really a comedy person. I think. Mm. Um, I could imagine someone a little more odd. Like he just seems like a nice kid, you know. <laughs> Um, and having him at the center as opposed to like Paddington, who's so adorable, um, you're just kind of, it's just sort of not that great. And also it just was, I don't know, it was like became an action movie. It was, it was a lot of things I didn't like in the movie. Um, so would not recommend Wonka, sadly. Um, I saw Ferrari um, early in the way, like right the day after we were talking about it. And I actually, ha- I had Isaac send me that video he- you guys were talking about because you-, you guys told me how like, oh, the CGI is so bad. And I saw the movie and I was like, I didn't really, I'd never really thought it- any of it was that bad to me. Um, and of course I watched the video, it's the car crashes and there's a guy laughing in the theater. So of course it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Hearing yeah. a guy <laughs> reacting to a horrible crash with laughter. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It just to me was it was fine, but uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, you may, maybe you guys are more experts in this field. Uh, <laughs> well, what did you, you think, of, think it was of the movie? <laughs> it was very mid, unfortunately. Uh, Another director who I, I mean, Michael Mann has made some cool movies, certainly, but um, he's been less prolific lately, and 
was excited for this as a sort of hoping to see a return to form. But um, God, it was just like a dead movie. Like we, we were just like, it was just very, very boring. Not without some interesting aspects in terms of the, his character stuff with uh, his wife and also his mistress in the movie. And I mean, Adam Driver is very good. Um, and and some of the racing is well shot, though I have to say, if you've seen Ford v Ferrari, it's like nothing compared to because that stuff yeah. is both it's well shot, but it's also like you're in the car with Christian Bale, and you're it's also developing character at the same time. This is like well shot, but it's very impersonal. Like you barely have any relation with the relationship to the um, characters in the movie, uh, they're the drivers. I mean, so. Yeah, and I thought honestly that the CGI, like the car crashes in the movie, were like actually some of the only really like harrowing parts of it because it was pretty, you know, just pretty horrifying. Um, so yeah, not not crazy about that. Um, very quickly, I saw a movie on Netflix called Wing Women. I'm sure this is nothing you guys have ever heard of. In fact, I don't think even any of the film critics I follow saw this. But it's a film directed by and starring Melanie Laurent, who is the actress who plays Shoshana in um, Inglorious Bastards. And she also made a movie, I forgot, Isaac and me watched her movie called Breathe um, mm. a few mm. years ago, which is a French movie about like two teenage girls who kind of have a friendship that kind of sours. Oh, um, yeah. Yes, I do remember this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't remember very much about uh, the actual plot, but uh, mm. the feeling of the film and the vibe. I remember thinking mm. it was... Um, positive in my memory even if i had some critiques overall positive oh that's that's good to hear because i yeah. kind of remember you were like eh, you know you weren't like over the moon about it which is not a, it's not like a you know the most memorable or not not the most uh enjoyable film i think it's a great movie um this I think, was I, like i think i think probably the the content was more like kind of dark and twisting oh. right yeah. So I that's probably what was like a, an initial sort of like I'm not into this or I don't know why I would have wanted to watch this. But um, no, I do remember kind of like walking away. I just don't remember exactly what happens in the film at this point. So Yeah. Yeah. Breathe is it's it's a great film. But um, and this I, Melanie Laurent is just someone I'm rooting for. I'm always excited to see who's like can any is there any actor who's going to try and pick up the Clint mantle of, you know, making the transition from actor to director. I mean, honestly, I think probably Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig are like the best examples of that right now. But um, this movie, it started out like a really terrible action movie and I almost like turned it off. It was so bad. Um, and I was, which I almost never do, but it was actually kind of weirdly righted itself and became a pretty enjoyable kind of buddy crime movie, a little bit like the Ocean's Eleven tone, I guess. Um, really kind of nice chemistry with her and Adele Exarchopoulos, who is the, like her partner in crime in the movie. They play like thieves, basically. Um, so it's a pretty silly movie. It's not great. And I, I think she doesn't quite land the plane. But there's some really fun uh, sequences, including this like whole dance sequence with us, including a uh, woman with a sniper rifle on a tower that I thought was like really actually kind of virtuosic. Um, so you know pretty watchable but not not uh not on the level i'm hoping from her um i saw dream scenario the new nicholas cage film and very uh, very enjoyable movie i don't think it's a perfect movie i don't think it's like his best movie but it honestly is in the running for his funniest performance and i actually think mm. it's it's fun enough and weird enough that 
it would be something I would enjoy. Like, I think we, we could get together and, um, like watch it together. I think it would be quite enjoyable. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, Let's see. At long last, I watched Menu Plaisir, the new four-hour documentary from Frederick Wiseman about a three-star Michelin restaurant. Someday, we're, I'm going to get you guys to watch a Wiseman movie, or maybe a whole month of Wiseman movies, um, because they're very interesting. And um, I'm always excited to see his movies, because it's just like, it's such a weird way of making a movie. He makes documentaries where there are no interviews, no titles, no explanations. It's just, you're kind of a, I know he doesn't, he doesn't like the term, but like a fly on the wall, you kind of just are watching uh, things play out. Um, very long scenes. And uh, I mean, I'm into food. I like like seeing stuff about like the preparation of food. I always find it interesting. And also seeing the inner workings of a restaurant of that caliber. was just very compelling as with you know, a lot of his movies, it's not always the most riveting stuff. And sometimes it's like being on a halfway, not that interesting, you know, like tour guide, you know, like just wa like watching people explain things. But at other times, it's absolutely riveting watching these people like work in this very quiet intensity. It's not like the bear. It's like a really quiet kind of like precision as they prepare the food and, and uh, run the restaurant. So it's it's the sort of thing I don't know if I'd recommend like oh you have to sit and watch all of it you know like I think it's it reminds me a lot of the Beatles documentary recently Beatles get back where it's sort of a fun thing you can put on not I wouldn't quite say in the background but it's like you can walk out of the room and like you know grab a soda and then come back and like maybe talk you can talk to your family while you're watching it it's kind of like an interesting movie like I wanted to talk to my mom about it because she worked in a you know a high-end restaurant as well um and then um, I watched a new movie called All of Us Strangers by Andrew Haig, um, which is a kind of, uh, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's kind of a ghost story. It's kind of about this guy who is communing with the, I guess, sort of ghost, though you could kind of interpret it as it's in his imagination, but like the ghost of his parents who both passed away. And it's Andrew Scott who played Moriarty on Sherlock. I don't know what else you guys would know him from, but he's a terrific actor. And I think this is like the first movie that like really gives him his due. And I thought this movie was like absolutely beautiful. And I was like deeply moved. It was the kind of movie I walked out of and I was like almost like jumping in place because I just felt so like, like sort of jazzed by like, wow, I can't believe this guy is operating on such a great um levels of filmmaker but it is a very emotional it's not like a fun movie it's about pretty uh sad subject matter um and then finally i saw soul in theaters they the re-release mm. of pixar's film by pete doctor at the grand lake theater in the big theater and i ended up being probably one of the more memorable movie going experiences of of maybe of my life because the movie uh, it seemed like almost the entire crowd was Pixar people, including Pete Doctor himself, and I think the producer of the movie and a lot of people who worked on it. I've never seen the entire crowd not leave for the end credits. Like everyone sat mm. through the till the very end because they were all like cheering, you know, looking for their names and and uh, supporting each other, and that was very nice. And so when the movie was over, you know, this movie I just think is like really a beautiful film, and um, especially at, in the last fifteen minutes, I was just like, man, I I'd be remiss if I didn't you know, at least 
come up and just say, hey, you know, thanks for thanks for everything, man, to Pete Doctor, which uh, me and my dad actually did. We went up and we we shook his hand and I just said, like, hey, thanks for he he made up. He made Monsters, Inc. and Inside Out. And I was like, thanks for thanks for making these great movies. And I grew up with your movies and it was just really beautiful to see this on the big screen. So it's just a you know quick interaction. I'm sure he wanted to talk to his friends. I didn't want to bother him that much, but he was very, very nice. And, uh, and he seemed very happy that it was, his movie was finally playing in theaters. So now uh, did you, really cool. um, did you but ask I, him? <laughs> about... I honestly, if I had remembered, I would have asked him. I totally forgot. So I came across this very weird, um, uh, coincidence maybe, or inspiration or something. Isaac, do you know the song by Ditto, Thank You, that's sampled in uh, Eminem's Stan? Ditto. Dido. Dido. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I know I know Stan, so yes. Yeah, yeah. Sample. Um, yeah, so her um, music video for that song is actually, like, literally the, <laughs> like, st- start of Up. It's crazy. And, it, and I think it's she like made it. It's like the Up House. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's from 2001 or something. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so if you ever... Uh, get a chance check out that that music video because it it shook me to my core a little bit <laughs> when I watched yeah. it. Can't, can't, when you sent it to me, I thought it was like she ripped off or it was paying homage to Up, and then um, I looked up the date of when it was made, and I was like, oh my god, like Pete Doctor, you're gonna get sued, man. Like, be careful. <laughs> um, so I I if I see him at you know see him around sometime, I maybe I'll uh, I'll ask him because it is interesting. I don't you know I don't accuse him of anything but yeah it it is very like it's very similar i have to say uh like this colorful house in the midst of a big city also like a great music video like i was cameron sent this to me and i was getting like almost choked up watching this like really devastating uh video of this woman who's like being kicked out of her house basically yeah um, yeah so that was yeah it was cool but yeah um isaac have you seen anything this week or no no, I just, I mean, last week we talked about uh, how I've been watching Survivor, so I've finished my third uh, season of that, and I tried watching a couple things, and basically five minutes into every movie, I was like, I can't do this. I don't do this. Oh, what did you try? Um, I, it was just garbage. I don't know what it was. I think I was trying to watch this one movie called like big mama's house or something i was like this is gonna be i was like this is gonna be horrible i'm gonna i'm gonna try to watch this and like five minutes in i was like i just can't do this you know i just i I don't know what it was i i just wasn't in the mood i'm not i i just feel like with this last week for me has been um kind of hectic and busy with work and stuff so um i i just honestly i feel like i've been kind of hiding in in video games to help me uh sort of forget everything so <laughs> yeah that's been that's kind of been my state um outside of watching this movie that we've seen how about you cameron have you watched anything um yeah the only thing that i watched this week was um i watched the first episode of severance again um which is just really good it's um you know a nice a nice story nice intrigue um i like that show a lot i think it it um does a lot of interesting creative things um it's it's fun it's kind of you know yeah there's there's a lot of mystery in it so i don't know if you uh, have you either of you seen uh, severance Mm-mm, no it's just one episode right or just one uh, season right now so um 
you know, it's it's not that big of a commitment, but I would recommend it. It's it's a good, uh, uh, good, good little show. Um, I cannot wait for um, I know it came out yesterday, but we were busy. Um, I want to watch the uh, True Detective, the new season of True Detective with Jodie Foster. I can't wait for that. So that might be what I do after this or later this week. So is this like fake True Detective, though? Because it's like it's not it's not the guy. It's not the original True Detective person, and it's not it's... the original True Detective cast. So, like, what even is? Well, it's not just using the name. All of the the seasons are um, like episodic, so they're yeah, they're anthologies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, it doesn't really matter if it connects or whatever. And and that guy um, who, you know, uh, he made like one great season and two kind of mediocre seasons so i think they were giving another people you know other people a chance so uh, we'll see i haven't seen any of it so i'm not i'm not throwing stones at the new showrunner or anything but yeah yeah um yeah well that's that's all for me yeah i feel like i gotta get into something right now i gotta watch some some movie that uh entertains me i can't watch any more um survivor three seasons oh. i got i need to take a break i'll get back to it you know but i took um, i sold you last week isaac get jules to watch ford v ferrari yeah yeah that damon train it's a great know? movie when you were talking about that i was like oh yeah we should watch that movie it's about time i get around to seeing it i just um i just can't tell her that matt damon's in it otherwise you know <laughs> Should we like why I oughta and then no, <laughs> <laughs> we can't you get the get the rolling pin. Yeah, yeah, no. that's right, that's right. Well, this is Cinema Spectator. If you enjoy the show, uh, share it with friends and family. Give us a rating on iTunes. All that stuff helps. If you want to support us financially, you can go to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/ECFSProductions. Throw a couple dollars our way, get exclusive episodes, commentary tracks, things like that that are locked just for patrons. Uh, even if you just want to throw a few dollars. Uh, and listen to them all and then unsubscribe. It's cool. But if you're a patron also, uh, we'd love to take your questions. You can message us and we try to read those on air. My phone does get a notification. So uh, just just send the question across and you'll basically be right there as if you sent me a text and we'll have to read it on the show. So that goes for you patrons who are subscribed and probably don't remember how to log into your Patreon to cancel your <laughs> subscription. So, I mean, <laughs> I have to say, actually, on the contrary, I had to get a new credit card and I actually like re-upped it just so I would still be giving my Patreon uh, donations. So I'm, st- I'm still with you guys as of now. Dang, we're just we're just bleeding Juzo dry with talent and money. At this I point. know. Yeah, <laughs> he pays to show up. No, just, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I, I would say, you know, if you're on the show, you don't have to support the Patreon. I feel like guilty now. Like, should I be oh, giving to our own? I mean, it's five dollars. I mean, I should be okay. <laughs> yeah, see, it's just five dollars. I mean, come on, <laughs> that could be like one coffee, I mean, not even. Sometimes I don't know? drink. I don't drink coffee, but Cameron, I. Uh, I mean, someday maybe I'll 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 cancel it, but I don't know. <laughs> I felt I just feel bad. I, to me, I'm just like they'll see because it's also just you'll see it and then you'll be like, oh, Juzo. That Benedict Arnold, you know. <laughs> you know what? I just want to say, if you feel bad and that's why you're subscribing, don't. All right, don't. No, no, I mean, come on. That, it's, that's it's come on, Juzo. What the heck? No, He's like, I just feel good. sorry for you guys or something. <laughs> no, no, not like that. I just. I'm giving you a hard time. Thank you for your support, Juzo. Um, 
We're gonna get. We're gonna send you a check in the mail for five dollars for helping us out on, on this month. <laughs> <laughs> Very laborious cycle of payment here, but yeah, you know, we're gonna get pinned for fraud or something. <laughs> something is gonna happen. All right, Cameron, uh, give us some background on this film. Yes. Well, today we we watched uh, Late Spring, which is the first of the Noriko trilogy. Um, they are. Confusingly, all different Norikos, but um, they—it's <laughs> the same actress and the and the same uh, you know name of of the woman. And yeah, and really, okay. you know, what it is is basically it's a representation of um, you know sort of the the post-war Japanese single woman essentially. Um, and so you know, all these three movies, um, uh, which is Late Spring early summer and um, Tokyo story, all three of them kind of, you know, delve into different subjects uh, and they're, they're totally unrelated, but are very, you know, thematically close. Um, Late spring is about a a woman who, you know, has a very close relationship with her father um, and uh, everyone around her, everyone in her life is pressuring her to get married. um, And, you know, she feels a sense of duty and a sense of guilt uh, for leaving her father, who, you know, is a widower, um, who, you know, he uh, is someone who she feels like can't take care of himself uh, in a lot of ways and, you know, needs someone to to, to help him out. Um, and so she, you know, essentially it's the, the story of a woman who, um, you know, is trying to accept the fact that she she needs to move on from, you know, her single life and her, um, you know, immediate uh, circumstances to to look to something greater. Um, and along with that, there's there's this sense of um, what happiness means, um, you know, in in sort of this family dynamic, uh, what, you know, the prospect of marriage, especially one that's, you know, not out of love and is a, you know, um, is an arranged marriage, what that means for um, someone in sort of the modern era of, of you know, this this time period. Um, you know, and it, it it's frequently, ci- I mean, this movie is frequently cited among the top of, of Ozu's movies. Um, so I'm curious because I know this is not the, like, if if you thought The Only Son wasn't that accessible, I mean, I don't think this movie is is more accessible or, you know, even more fun and interesting. Um, I think this movie is much more, uh, in some ways, it's, it's kind of heavy and um, kind of, uh, there's a lot of, like, implication in sort of the, what he's doing with the characters. And um, it's not a lot of heavy plot or details or anything. Um, so I'm curious. I'll start with you, Juzo. What no, did no, you start think? with Isaac? Start with Isaac. Okay, all right. All I want right. to hear Isaac. Uh, what What did you think? Um, I know. I I can already guess. I I uh, I pre thought your mind. You hated this movie, and you you question why we're doing <laughs> this exercise. Yeah, I, I think I think what's most surprising is that I liked The Only Son more. Mm. Um, which oh wow, I think kind of. I didn't expect because this was it is a more modern. It's ten years. It's almost ten years after Only Son. It looks a lot better. It sounds a lot better. That was those were some of my major complaints against the Only Son. Um, what I found 
more difficult about this movie is that um, it's really kind of locked in that father daughter relationship. Uh, and it's just, I'm not a father and I'm not a daughter. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like that, that already doesn't have right. My, my full attention, right. There's also a lot of, um, kind of traditional values being explored, uh, in this with the arranged marriage sort of thing. And it's not that I don't think that those, um, ideas are valueless, uh, and I'm not saying like, well, times have changed in 2023, you know, um, I just think that like some of the um, some of the concepts that it's exploring as um, kind of like meaningful or like 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 I think it's 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 themes and what it's exploring just isn't that interesting to me uh, because it's so I'm, I'm sure that this was a much more uh, intense, interesting relevant conversation for its time period you know um and i think that that this movie does have some relevance in the relational aspect to the modern age but i felt like the only son like like its story and plot like it could have been in today's age like still you know uh so this movie just feels dated because it it seems like it's hitting on something cultural um that's sort of like being questioned and thought about um, by the general public at this time. And I think th the things that stand out to this movie are like more of the kind of emotional side. I mean, th the only part that really kind of got me more like feeling something is the idea that she doesn't want to move on. Like the, the nostalgia thing, right. Of being home with your parents and, and, and all that. Um, but uh, it's also like kind of taken from a perspective that isn't as relatable for me um, because like, I don't know, the, the way I moved out was more like my parents are like, just go out there, like tough love, like you can do this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's that's sort of relevant here, but there's, a, there's an additional layer here where it's like she actually has like some noble cause right she like she's like oh like i want to take care of them like you can kind of see both of their perspectives um coming across and i just didn't have that experience uh when moving out right so like i i do think that there are things about this film that um could resonate with other viewers i do think that this movie um is like packaged in a more approachable way uh i just felt like it would it it was just like it wouldn't end like i was like please <laughs> like just let's let's like let's just get over with this and i and i was because of the only son i was like i really was sort of hoping for that um kind of like aha lesson moment you know and i didn't feel that with this movie whereas the only son like um it kind of has that like fairy tale ending where you walk away with something uh this movie i didn't i did i i think it's just more subtle it's there but it's just much more subtle than than the other one and so um yeah i just i don't know i i just uh, to be on to be most honest i just was not as intrigued by this movie 
Uh, and um, I think maybe if may, I can understand why other people would be though. Uh, it just, it was not for me. So mm. I can certainly understand that. Um, obviously this is a movie that's, um, you know, it's like a lot of his movies. It's, it's kind of alienating for, um, for our own time period in a lot of ways, though I will say, um, you know, the ideas of, of, you know, moving out and leaving and kind of moving on with your life. Um, you know, I still do think that's relevant. I think as Ozu gets older in his filmography, a lot of times he, you know, like you said, that, that, you know, the only son is a very simple movie. It has a simple lesson. Um, and it, it is, um, it kind of, it hits you, you know, where it, where it should in that way. Um, but as it, as his, uh, as he moves on with his filmography, as he gets kind of, I would say better as an older director, more mature, maybe, um, he starts to layer a lot of his ideas and his thoughts in not these sort of moral lessons or these, you know, yes or no black and white um, ideas. A lot of that has to do with censorship as well. You know, some of the, some of the things, obviously this is post-war Japan. So, um, he's not really allowed to say as much as he would like in some ways. Um, there's, there's kind of heavy censorship, uh, at this, this time period in, in occupied Japan. So, um, you know, he has this constraint of being, uh, you know, having to walk kind of a fine line with the traditional ideas that he's he's describing. I think you couldn't even really have arranged marriages in in your movie. So this movie, it doesn't really even say anything about the fact that it's arranged. Um, you know, it's kind of just hinted at or implied. Right. Um, right. You know, there's a lot of these sort of things where he's weaving in these moments of of understanding and lessons and you know these kind of character growth moments. Um, so it is much more subtle uh, than something like The Only Son. I do want to get back to that comparison, but Juzo, um, wait, wait, I want to just let me let me finish one last thing. Okay. And I have mentioned this uh, before on other viewings. This is one of those movies where I understood it, but I didn't feel it. Mm. You know, yeah. And yeah. we've talked about that with like Godfather Part One for me. That was the same thing. Where it's like I got it, but I didn't feel anything by the end of it. Right. Yeah. Um, like there were moments in this movie where I felt close to like caring or I really <laughs> wanted, uh, to, to like feel something. Actually, I felt like, uh, um, what was it that there's like that old professor who's like really funny. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 The dad's uh, friend. Yeah. The, yeah, dad's, the dad's friend. friend. I, for some reason, like his interactions were more like relatable. Like they kind of stirred up something in me than, than other moments. Um, but like the ending with kind of like the subtle, like loneliness, uh, kind of the repercussion of, and the sacrifice that the dad took and whatnot. I was like, yeah, like, I'm almost there. Like I almost care, but I just don't, you know? And that, that's what, that was, that was really tough, um, watching it. Cause I was like, I, I see what they're trying. I see what he's trying to do. I just, it's just not clicking for me. So. Uh, you were going to me now? Yeah, Jesus. Well, first of all, Cameron, I just have to say that I'm, I feel a little bit personally attacked that you're picking <laughs> these movies that in quick succession are about 
a, an adult <laughs> young man who's an embarrassment to his family, and then a, a young woman who's t- turning 27 who's unmarried and lives at home. But uh, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, you know, so perhaps I'm coming from this at uh, p- putting aside the, also the Japanese side of things from a more relatable place than uh, maybe for Isaac. But um, uh, yeah, I love this movie. I thought it was great. I mean, I was very, very moved by it. And um, I mean, I don't know if maybe maybe not like was electrified by every second of it you know the way like other like movies i really love are but i was pretty locked in from the beginning even from that first scene at the tea house where i was like well first of all i like had to pause the movie i was like i asked my mom like what what on earth is going on here is this a funeral like what is this thing and i guess it's just a traditional like tea ceremony that's uh, kind of a pretty common ritual um but i think i don't know how much it, it had to do with the first movie without the only son just being like, you know, the first Ozu movie, at least that I'm watching in like over 10 years, probably. Um, and it just is a, a bit of an acquired taste or if it's him improving a little bit. I mean, I do think on like a technical level and also I think on an acting level, it's a better, this is a better film. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's an aspect of the, them smiling i was kind of joking about in the last movie where it looked like a david lynch movie <laughs> this there was a lot of that kind of like big smiles from from Setsukohara um in the first like third of the movie but at no point did i find this to be i, I mean i just thought it was she was like incredible in the movie i and, and it really was she was representing something about and i think also something that i don't really you don't really see because like now, you know, movies, they try to have be, you know, try to be more diverse or whatever. And they portray Asian characters, but they're very like modern. You know, it's like it's a different version of of or like an aspirational version of of Asian people and Asian women. Um, but this kind of thing of having to have this sort of public face of good cheer and friendliness and like really upbeat um I thought she was just capturing that so well and also capturing the kind of the oscillation between it being like genuine, like she's genuinely kind of this joyful person, but sometimes you can, and you see it on her face. Sometimes you see the smile is, is uh, just kind of artificial and sometimes it's real. Um, And then the impact of when it goes away and when that, that first time where she becomes kind of upset and that scene with the aunt, it just like lands with such an impact and um, I thought, yeah, I just thought I thought the father was wonderful and his kind yeah. of very, very low key demeanor. And almost almost to the point that you think he's kind of like this blithe kind of uh, like the type of father who doesn't really pick up on stuff and is just like in a, a good kind of friendly mood the entire time. But then it's like she leaves the room and you see his face kind of fall into like how he really feels about these things. And it's just uh, just devastating. and. It's. I think it's true. The movie is probably even less plot driven and has even less of like the kind of the hooks that you can uh, attach to in movies than the the previous movie, which kind of had a little bit almost of like a as you were saying, Isaac, a fable or like a morality tale or something. Um, this is like a whole movie where it's like just about how a woman feels like it's the entire there's like basically no story it's all just like watching her um 
and I mean, it's it's like it shouldn't work, but it it completely uh, it was just completely uh, riveting to me. And um, now I, for me, I don't know if I was like emotional, like I was like bawling my eyes out, but it was it was touching and it was like representing something that I could understand. Look, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to get like too personal, but like as a person who's like lives at home or whatever is, you know, and is not hasn't doesn't have a girlfriend or is not hasn't gotten married. I certainly I think I'm sure I was relating to some of those things consciously or unconsciously. Um so no, I'm totally. I'm. I. I hate to 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 uh, you know bend the knee to Cameron here because it's much funnier <laughs> when I can come on and be like, Cameron, you're an idiot. This is this is Ozu is mid, but I'm totally like I totally bought it. No, I just think. Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that this movie made me feel like Ozu is mid. I do want to clarify that. I just. <laughs> oh, okay. I just kind of when I watched it, I was like, yeah, this this one is not for me. You know, and maybe sure. maybe that also made it worse as it went on because i'm not picking up on things um i i really loved the beginning of the movies like like what uh s- some of the things that we we're talking about with only son like actually appreciating a lot of the cinematography cutting to like random objects i love that one shot where it, it cuts to like the figurine that's like kind of like a monstrous figurine on the shelf do you know what i'm talking about in this um, movie yeah there's there's a um, there's a the moment house i think so there's a, it like cuts it's like after kind of like a clashing dialogue between two characters and then mm. kind of cuts to this you know what? Um, i think i do remember yeah um yeah and it just kind of holds on it so there, there was a moment like that where i was like okay this is working way more um mm. with the camera work is working um it in it in a more powerful way for me in this film. And the other thing I wanted to call out was I think that the writing is super sharp in this movie. It's really good. Uh, I, I thought that, um, some of the, the wordplay and, and just the way that uh, even the subtitles like really translate, like translated the, the jokes well, uh, for me, I think the funniest part in the movie for me is when she's talking to her friend and, uh, she says, I'm the, she says, well, I'm the authority on marriage because she had been divorced and then yeah. um <laughs> she and 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 uh the the main character says no you're not the authority you're the divorcee and i was like that's actually pretty funny <laughs> you know like yeah. that's uh, uh so so there are a, a couple of great lines in there um that that i think stand the test of time in terms of writing um, yeah well on that note um you know this is sort of um uh one of Ozu's uh, very famous collaborations um, throughout his career is the writer of this movie, which is Kogo Noda. Um, and he wrote, um, I like so many of his movies. Um, he did, you know, weirdly enough, he did not write uh, The Only Son. So, um, you know, some of that you, you probably did pick up on. But really, you know, for the last half of Ozu's career, um, I think you know, they took a break in like the forties, probably, you know, because of the war or something. Um, and then, you know, for the last half of his career, all of Ozu's movies were written by, uh, by mm-hmm. Kogonoda. So, um, you know, this, that's like one of the very strong collaborations along with, uh, Chishu Ryu and, um, Setsuko Hara, who, you know, both appear in numerous, numerous, uh, roles, um, throughout the rest of, of Ozu's career. And this is actually the first Setsuko Hara um, performance, uh, you know, that Ozu 
directed. So um, I did want to shout that out too, which which is I really think the acting and the writing in this movie are like really special. There's something so unique about you know you know how last time I was talking about sort of the the feel you know you just have to like let it wash over you and part mm-hmm. of that for me is like i love seeing them interact i love seeing Setsuko Hara. i love seeing chishirio i love their interactions with other characters i love their own interaction um the way that they have this kind of like um like you said this this like facade of of happiness but a deep sadness within, you know, there's just, there's something about the way that they hold their performances um, that just really like, you know, for me, that's, that's my favorite part of these movies. It's like seeing their, um, like, I, I kind of just like to hang out with these characters. Like there's, there's something endearing, sad, tragic, and, you know, even sometimes funny about, you know about th- these two people so um so yeah that that's kind of one of the things that that i um just love about these movies and and really you know some of my favorite i don't think we'll end up watching this one but um there's another uh movie i forget the name they're all the same name so <laughs> i don't, I don't all, they're all seasons and times yeah and, um there's one where he you know, it's kind of a similar thing. He he's like trying to to get his daughter to to marry someone or you know introduce her, and he he ends up hanging out with a bunch of his old like war buddies. Chishi Rio does, um, mm. and they go to this bar, um, and they you know for a good like ten fifteen minutes of the movie, they're like they you know are kind of just hanging out in this bar and talking and reminiscing and then you know it gets very like sad and and quiet and i just i love those moments in in some of these movies um you know and and late spring especially i mean it's a very it's a very somber movie um as much as you know there there are some you know touching moments i really do think that the the conclusion of the movie is very um, sad. It's very, you know, you know, it leaves you kind of, uh, you leave punched a a little bit every time, you know, when you, when you see what his, his sacrifice is and what he has to do, you know, and, and sort of his, his own goals for, for his daughter's happiness. Like I really feel I, you know, it's, I mean, it's a it's a devastating moment i think yeah i mean talk about the whole thing of uh we were talking about last week of how you can convey so much without a sense of um mellow like melodrama or a sense of like big big emotions you know i mean you're it's the the emotional impact of the movie is watching a piece of apple peel curl off and Mm. fall to the ground and it was like like, we're gonna like tearing up watching this my my mom and me and it was just like um i think i forgot to mention how paul schrader wrote about ozu and how he's he, he in relation to robert brasson and also carl dreyer how they're filmmakers who use technique where they kind of withhold the conventions of cinema and withhold different things and create kind of a stillness and it's he calls it transcendentalism where it's like you're sort of leaning into the movie Paul Schrader also kind of emulated this when he made uh, First Reformed. Yeah. And I think 
this is a movie where, and I think all of his movies, the other movie was like this too, where because so little is happening and the, the moments are so quiet, the, uh, the moments of, uh, of uh, emotion stand out like a, like a punch to the face as opposed to like other movies where you lard it with too much music or too much acting, frankly. Um, it, it sort of doesn't, ends up not really meaning anything. I mean, th- to me, this movie, it just felt like it was such a, uh, it was so powerful to me that the roiling like emotion that's going on within this person who has such a manicured uh, in uh, outside facing personality and him as well. And how it's like, it has this quality of those like, you know, these classic like romantic novels almost where it's like you have this, like, these deep passionate feelings but in this like very rigid, um, you know, very Japanese setting. And I, I think it probably, it's not too dissimilar today. I'm not, you know, the culture I grew up in is, is very different, very Americanized, but it's not like the whole thing of Japanese people uh, being kind of um, a little bit more, they're much, I mean, I was thinking watching this movie, I was like, I don't know if you could make this as an American movie. Would it make, would this movie make no. any sense? Because like the idea of um, Americans being this kind of withdrawn or this kind of um, having this much difficulty expressing themselves or their feelings, um, it would be interesting. I mean, it would be an interesting thing to try and make an American movie that's done exactly in this style where like the acting is the same way. Um, it would seem like something from Mars, I think, because it's just seeing people speak English in this kind of way would be very odd Um, i think there's a way to do it obviously the the you know the very withdrawn and um you know ozu you know he's he's great at pulling those emotions out from like the depths um of a character you know when they're sort of not willing to express it themselves um and i think that can be replicated right you know you can have characters that are um that are so withdrawn and so you know it, sometimes not even that in tune with their own emotions mm-hmm. until they really realize it mm-hmm. um but i do think the you know obviously the setting and the scenario and the um you know all these things are are kind of very unique to this to this culture and to this time period i mean i really do i don't want to um understate how important i think sort of especially on on the mindset going into this movie um the fact that this is a post-war movie the fact that this is in Mm -hmm. you know in occupation and in you know sort of the censorship around that i really do think that um that like ties itself into very deeply into the narrative about sort of the clashing between you know this this sort of traditional mindset of of you know get married and you know start a family and blah 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 um you know we're going to set you up with with a you know a husband versus the sort of modern um you know what noriko represents in all of the movies that she exists in which is this is a modern um woman she's she's not all that interested in getting married. She's mm-hmm. not all that interested in starting a family. And so that clash is, is very central um, to, I think probably the next, uh, the next many Ozu movies that he made. Um, 
and and this one especially. Jews, I am curious. Sorry, before I, I'm going to cut you off, but um, I do want to hear what your mom thought about the movie too, because she probably has a a different uh, perspective. But go ahead and and tell me what you were going to say. Oh, um, I'll I'll talk about my mom. I mean, she was uh, uh, very moved by the movie. Like she was very very touched by it. And, um, I think, you know, it could be also part, uh, I mean, I don't want to speak for my mom, but I think, you know, as a, as a woman or as a, you know, thinking about your relationship to your father, that sort of thing, I'm sure that has, um, you know, if you're, if you're watching this as a father or a daughter, I'm sure this movie like packs even more of a wallop than it does, um, you know, just watching it as a guy. Um, and yeah, I think she definitely recognized some of the. Um, I mean, I th- what I was gonna say was like th- the fact that it is about those ideas of the traditional values and about the, um, like you have to get married because of this. But it's very like subtle about these things as well. That's the other thing I just appreciated about it. It was not. Um, it didn't feel like he was a, a lot of the typical thing with like Japanese movies or or characters or even just like f- putting aside Japanese, just characters who are more traditional in general it's always like they're very rigid and they're all about like you have to do this because this is the way it's done like it's it's always very kind of black and white and in this he just felt like he was much more like i don't even think he really even cared about that that much like i think he or it was like a mix of those things it's like what he's been conditioned to feel is like the route to happiness but it's like i think at the core of it it's like he wants her to be happy and he wants her to live a life that's not just as this like ancillary person to him um and of course he's conflicted even about that because as you see at the end he's just kind of lonely and and devastated by it um so i and i think in some ways unsure that that this is really what is right for her you know too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah And, and 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 also by the same token she's not someone who's like it's not the typical like Oh, I you know I'm going my own way. I'm I'm a you know a modern woman. It it it, it portrays that also in in a way where it's like you see this this clash within her of being you know particularly the thing of like smiling and being this sort of friendly like person, and also being just like at the beck and call of people, particularly men, um, is you know is kind of is kind of on the traditional side of things. But then on the other side, it's like I don't know she doesn't see any appeal. Uh, appeal in, in doing this. I also found it interesting. It seemed like she almost had a, like you almost felt like she should get together with the dad's friend. I'm not sure if this occurred to you guys like, <laughs> at all. And of course, like he was getting married. So it's like, it wasn't going to work out. But to me, it's like, it's interesting. The movie never showed the guy. You never saw the guy she was going to marry. Yeah. Very interesting choice by Ozu to do that. But then you're seeing her, her kind of, you know, like you're like kind of imagining like, oh, if things had worked out differently, it's like, oh, this almost could have just just like with the um, his assistant who they ride bicycles together and they really have like a kind of a great rapport and it just doesn't work out because he happens to already be engaged. Um, you just sort of you have that sense. That's fine. I'm thinking of everything everywhere. Thinking about that in another life, <laughs> I could be doing whatever, which is actually a very touching moment in that movie. But this is like the good version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I do really, I, I really appreciate those, um, those subtleties of the way that he, he layers that, um, story. And like you said, he, uh, does this pretty frequently where 
you know, if there's a prospect, uh, you know, to be married, he withholds that a lot of times. And I do think hmm. that's that's part of the. <clears throat> I think in some ways it's a, um, you know, it's almost not that important who she gets married to. You know, there's this there's this sense of like the the change isn't that there's you know someone in her life who's impacting her now the change is like her own mindset her own sort of feelings about this you know this transition this moving on um and in a lot of ways there's um you know that is kind of the specter of these types of arranged marriages which is you know you don't know who this is going to be mm-hmm. <laughs> all you know is that he he maybe sort of looks like Gary Cooper on the top half or whatever, yeah, you know, or, or yeah, on the or bottom just the, half. Just the um, mouth, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so it's like there, there is something kind of interesting about, um, you know, withholding that information in some ways, because there's, I think it could be anybody, but also like, it doesn't really matter who it is. You know, um, it always reminds me of, uh, Whenever he does this in movies, this is <laughs> this is so dumb. This is the the worst comparison ever. Um, did did you guys ever watch uh, <laughs> um, the Princess Diaries Part Two, where she tries to get married? <laughs> no, I have not seen the Princess. I Diaries think I've part I've two. definitely seen it. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, well, there's she, there's there's this whole section where she goes and she has to like pick out a husband, you know, because she's supposed to get married or else she, she's going to lose the crown or something, some weird role. Um, it's like the Santa Claus too. Um, but he, uh, so she has this like flashcard of like of all these different people who like she could get married to, and like that's that's what I think about when when <laughs> well, when these movies are like, oh, you know, I'll set you up with this person or whatever. You know, I just it's funny, very random, but uh, <laughs> it reminds me of that. Yeah, and um, I, I I do want to clarify also just about some of the like the cultural differences and whatnot. Um, I do think, um, Juzo, that there are elements of, and I don't, I'm obviously not the authority or to say anything about this, but elements of um, Japanese culture that still uh, have that kind of reserved attitude. I had um, actually when I was watching this movie, uh, the dad reminded me a lot of my old landlord. Um, and it's weird as we've been listening, as we've been talking about this conversation, there are a lot of parallels with the characters, uh, <laughs> and my landlord and his son, which is really weird. The only oh. difference is that I'm in the middle of the relationship <laughs> and we threw my brother's bachelor party after, <laughs> after his son left, which was even more funny for, uh, uh, our landlords. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I do think that there are things that, um, uh, like I said, there's there's a lot of aspects of this movie that um, didn't click with me, and there's one last thing that is is on the front of my mind, which is like what makes or breaks a hangout movie for myself. I have mm. not figured this out, you know, because yeah, because the last movie like it kind of worked. I could kind of hang out. This movie, I'm like, I'm just not in this space, you know. Like, I'm not gonna be. Uh, I, I, it's not my kind of hangout movie. And this has happened to me with other movies that I understand, but I don't feel, uh, I can watch the breakfast 
the breakfast club and be like, I could hang out all day in this cafeteria with these guys. And then I watch dazed and confused and I'm like, get me out of here. I don't want to hang out watching that again, brother. <laughs> That's a great best believe. I did not want to hang out with the seventies old grandpas who are reliving their life or whatever. <laughs> oh, you know, I just, Isaac, Isaac, I can't stand that. You know, Isaac. I can't do it. Your blast so, is profound. No, no it is just, it, what, it's what true, I can't, though. what I can't figure out though, is like, what is, is it like a relatability or something? Like it has to be something. There has to be something that's breaking my connection to certain hangout movies. Uh, almost in like this guttural disgust, you know, because days and confused, it can't, it's not a bad movie. You know, I can't say it's actually bad, but when I watch it, I'm like, get me out. I don't want to be there. You know, I don't want to hang out. Right. And so that, that I'm trying to figure out what exactly as a movie watcher, what breaks uh, the well, hangout experience for me? Uh, well, what I'd ask is w- when you watched the previous uh, Ozu movie, were you enjoying the hang for the whole movie or did you just by the end of it, because it had this kind of ha- has a little bit of a neater resolution? Did you just feel like, oh, OK, I get I get the movie a little bit more like were you enjoying the movie? I feel like that that movie has a little bit of like the the cone or or sort of the toilet bowl effect where it's getting it's getting there you know <laughs> oh, it's like okay. it starts <laughs> very it starts very what wide is, you know yeah it, it, you're kind of like where is this going and it goes somewhere uh-huh. um, and I think maybe most hangout movies uh, do not have that sort of funnel um, going on and that that's frustrating as a viewer uh, for me yeah because um, I had that feeling the first movie because I was going. Oh my God! Get not like get me out of here like it was torture, <laughs> but I was just like I'm so bored. And then it's like it got to, he got to the point of it, and I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get this. I I think also it, the move, first movie is a little bit more. There's like a staginess to it, and the way they're acting is a little bit more. It's right. they're not on on the acting level of of Hara and and Ryu. Um, so it's like I, I think it. I I had a different experience with it. Yeah, yeah. I also think that the first film there's a there's like definitely um kind of like a bombshell moment that gets the audience really bought in. Mm-hmm. Um and then that and that's kind of that conflict that begins uh with like okay, not everything's great, you know. We're actually going to we're going to have this explosion of kind of authenticity where the rest of the movie hasn't shown that. And then this movie is just more subtle with that thing. And the fallout isn't, uh, well, the, the fallout kind of marinates, um, throughout the movie. And then there's like these small little things of like, um, the dad was lying about getting remarried. Right. And how that, that kind of adds like a layer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of other hangout movies that I, like and is it because they have sort of that funneled ending or or thought that makes it work my guess and this is complete speculation so i i have no idea but my guess for you is that sometimes you're not in the mood to hang out sure and 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 you know what that's totally fair i think that that like is totally a fair assessment too where it's like yeah sometimes i just don't want to to do the hangout thing. I want right. to be engaged in like a story or something. Like right. That. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately that's, that's 
sometimes how the the cookie crumbles you know when you when you watch a movie and you just can't get into get into that um but i i was thinking about like other other hangout movies it, it's weird though because as much as you know ozu movies are obviously hangout movies they are and as much as they are i really can't um it's hard for me to compare them to um to something like dazed and confused or to a different type of, of I don't think movie. of them like that. Like it's the holdovers, very, like I don't think of it like yeah. that at all. Right. It's These are way p- more boring. You're particular right. Particular type <laughs> yeah, of I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a it, but it's a particular type of movie where it's it's not re- you know like in something like the holdovers or something like dazed and confused um there isn't really a whole lot going on other than sort of just exploring these characters and exploring the the time and and you know the the setting and and kind of going with the flow um in ozu in ozu's movies i really think that they're very pointed in what they're trying to do he's very particular about what you know why we're there why we're watching these characters what is important you know taking out of these relationships um even in something like late spring which is as we've said, much more subtle. Um, it is a very, you know, contemplative movie. You know, it, it's, he's, he's directing your attention at this relationship. You know, he is sort of very particularly focusing on the way that these two people feel about each other and about their lives going forward. Um, and that's not the case with a lot of hangout movies. Really, uh, in some ways, you know, sometimes they'll integrate, you know, change or this different season or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, a lot of these movies are really just about sort of this, ca- almost like capturing a snapshot of what that's, these people are. That's a funny thing I've never thought of because I've, I, yeah, I never would have thought of Ozu as hangout movies. And I, to me, I always think of hangout movies as having a very positive connotation. To me, a hangout movie is like something that feels to me like lowering myself into like a nice warm bath. Whether the bath mm. is like the guys in the holdovers, all the dudes in Dazed and Confused, um, a licorice pizza, you know, like movies like American Graffiti. Um, a movie, and then I'm like, is is it possible to have a hangout movie where it's like a bad hang? Like... <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's called licorice pizza. I couldn't stand it. Oh, that's right. I, I had to turn it off within oh like ten gosh. minutes. So I was that's like, a "Kill me, movie. terrific, kill me." Well, I couldn't well, do it. Well, Juzo, and I know um, my selection isn't really going to be the best for this, um, uh, <laughs> for what I'm talking about, because the the movies that I'm picking are are much more sort of directional and they're very focused on a certain idea. Um, mm-hmm. we're going to do Tokyo story next week, which is very, um, it has a particular idea that it's, that it's talking about. Um, the, but though, you know, it is still a hangout movie and I'll, I'll argue about it next week. Um, but a lot of his movies that are kind of, uh, these ancillary ones that, you know, don't get brought up as much are very, um, you do kind of just hang out with the characters. Like I was saying, there's, there's that sequence in um i think it's an autumn afternoon no i don't know it's one of these or is it floating weeds (laughs) or is it early summer or is it late summer i think it's early spring you know what what is it 
Um, I think it's an autumn afternoon. Was it in color? There, That's helpful. I think it I think was. This, it uh, is in this... color. Oh, it is in. It's it's an autumn afternoon. Yeah, okay. they're t- they're like sitting around um, eating, you know, sushi and drinking beer and sake, you know, and they're all just hanging out. And these are like work buddies or old, you know, old, uh, you know, uh, you know, old war buddies or you know, they're getting together for some reason. I forget why, but um, you know, and there's this. There's just just the sense of of like being there, and and it really is just a hangout, at, you know, at certain points of that that movie, um, it, you know, and in some ways, like it's hard to it's hard to call like late spring like that, you know, it's a very different kind of movie that he's making, um, <laughs> which is hilarious to say because he literally makes the same movie over and over again. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting to call it that. I don't know. I mean, it but, has that quality sometimes. Go ahead, sorry. No, I I would just recommend like there's there's different shades of what he's trying to do uh, in some of these movies. Some are much more serious, uh, much more sort of emotionally devastating and sort of in this this exploratory feeling, and others are really kind of that nice warm bath for me at least. I hmm. I um you know, I sometimes do put it on and just, you know, just hang out and sit there, you know, because some of these movies are really just relaxing to, to be around. So, oh, I mean, even, even one as devastating as this, it is like nice to look at. It's not as nice, like in the same way of like, like hanging out with, you know, in having a relaxing good times, like the holdovers, but, um, it is a pleasant, like it's, it's not gonna, um, it's, it, I can see it being nice wallpaper. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I, I'd have to hear more examples of what Isaac, what, what hangout movies you like, um, other than like the breakfast club, because yeah, the only thing I can connect between that and the only son is I think those movies have a little bit more of a sense of like, they come together to like a point or they have more of a, like, like the breakfast club very much has like a big idea that it's kind of like driving to and kind of Hughes brings the hammer down on in a way that Dazed and Confused kind of like doesn't at all. And it's just like two hours of you're just chilling with the boys, which to me is like, I, I, to me, this is like Dazed and Confused is one of the greatest films ever made. So I'm not dissing it, but uh, yeah, but I have to know what else you're, I don't know what, what other hangout movies you like. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know if I could list um, my favorite ones, but there are elements in movies that, um, because I, I, as we're having this conversation, I think the core approach to the ideas in this movie is sort of like this reflective contemplation, and it's a contemplation of ideas instead of, um, like when I'm talking about that that filter uh, effect of things moving towards some sort of resolve, right? It's interesting that this film, this film's contemplation doesn't necessarily uh, resolve or even stake a claim in, in, in a bet or, or some sort of direction, right? It's, it remains fairly neutral in its, in its um, kind of like presentation. And um, I just feel like some hangout movies have an idea and they'll contemplate it. And then when they don't do anything with contemplation, it's almost like just for 
contemplation's sake or something. That's where mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know about that. And I think Cameron's right also, where it's like sometimes I'm just not down to hang. You know, we gotta <laughs> yeah. have we gotta have some something. We gotta do something. You know, because um, yeah. because if I'm put in a in a situation like that, then it just reminds me of my own frustrating experiences in life where I just have ideas, you know, and nothing's getting done. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. why would I want to sit in that? You know, that's insanity. You know, <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> I, so. I was curious what you thought of the uh, the whole I think it's called a no performance where they they watch this like weird music and dancing. Uh, oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, you were a fan of that, Isaac. Isaac, that was your favorite part, right? The, oh, I hated that part. That was the part that made. It, that was the part of the movie where I hated it the most. I, I have to part, say I, that was the only part of the movie where I was like, "Oh God, what are we I doing could, here?" I could not find the remote either, so I started like <laughs> cursing. I was like, "Where I, can, I?" I was like, "Whatever's happening here is stupid." And then I and then I was getting even more enraged because I was like, "Okay, this director, the last movie." treated film as the butt of a joke right <laughs> and then he, he has the audacity to film this 20 minute scene or whatever uh it's where they're watching a play long. as if it's like the best thing in the world i already hate plays i hate plays. <laughs> i don't want to watch a play so i'm like the fact that the characters are glued to this play right i'm like this is Lunacy. I don't know if they're glued to it or they're just being polite because they have no i think they're just being polite i think they, that's, they don't seem that's like it's <laughs> That, that I have to say was an example of another like, where you're, you it reward it doesn't reward your patience because I was watching it and going like come on are we just gonna watch them watch a pl- like this play and also I have to say it's not a, it's not really like my idea of entertainment if it was a regular play the Japanese idea of entertainment I have to say I don't, I'm not I don't want to sound you know of, to offend anyone here um, but they have they have kind of a sick idea of what's entertaining when you watch some of that stuff where people put on the makeup and they make weird noises um it's not for me i just have to say and that that whole thing where they're walking slowly and they're going oh no and then then (laughs) those drums and like wrong things and and bad timing was i don't know it was it was it's not my cup of tea um but i did enjoy it because then you were watching her reaction and her going through this sort of emotion. He took a little while to get there. Like you, he, you, yeah. he tricks you into thinking you're just watching the play. I'm like, Oh my God. And then finally they have that little moment. Um, right. But I do yeah. feel like sometimes he's pulling the rubber band back. He's like, just wait for it. I'm going to, it's going to hit in a second here. And then it, it, you know, then he releases it and, and it works. So when I, I lost, when I, when I lost all hope for the scene, cause I couldn't <laughs> find the remote. I just started daydreaming about mission impossible five. <laughs> the play scene there the greatest play scene in a movie ever you know that is each opera. other with the flutes oh yeah the, yeah, opera. yeah the opera oh man that is a better scene yeah <laughs> okay much better I, scene. I i don't want to give the audience any uh you know false notions it's only like five or six minutes okay you're only yeah, watching 40 for minutes five or of the six movie. minutes it felt longer okay. than that i have to i'm say. not saying that that's not a really long time to watch some random people beating on drums and 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 chanting um i agree i agree with you but it is a great moment where you know he looks over and he kind of smiles at that uh, at at the woman across the across the way you know and then she's she sort of looks very sad you know i i do love that moment i mean you know. and they they walk out of it they barely have any they just say oh that was a pretty good performance where are we gonna eat <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, they they really. Yeah, it's it is funny. I mean, what is the point of 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 watching this whole thing? I really have no idea. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that this is <laughs> this is. I mean, yeah, you don't cinema, want to make fun of okay? people's. Yeah, conventions or I know I don't know if it's religious or or based or not. I don't even know what it is, but they um, say Buddha in it at one point, so I think uh-oh. it might be. But I don't okay. know. Well, I truly have have no clue. No it's, clue. We're not you know we're not shaming you if you enjoy this sort of thing. If, if by the way, if you do enjoy watching no performances, please write into the show because I'd be very fascinated to hear someone in the twenty first century. Who's like this shit rocks? I'm I not, just yeah. Forget I, I Mission just, Impossible. I'm watching a no ceremony. I just want to say I will wholeheartedly judge you. I don't. I don't even. I don't. Even I will care not judge the repercussion. You. I'm. I think it's uh, somebody's got to call you out. You know that's insanity. All right. I just can't. I can't. People you know? have different forms of entertainment, Isaac. It's like, some people like watching. You know, just the most boring stuff ever. So. This is this is where I begin to fall into this trap of like you're just signaling, aren't you? You know, you're just you're just trying to you know 2012 hipsters. That was a long time ago. You know, I don't even know. I there's just like this snootiness that comes out that I'm. I like, had a friend. I, who, I can't who, believe you. I can't. He he there he there's this composer he loved called Morton Feldman, where the, he would write these six hour symphonies that were to be played with no intermission. Where it's just music, where the the, the strings just going, like it's just like this like horrible sounding, like no melody or anything, just making right, this noise right. for like six hours. And I sat with my friend, we listened to the entire concert together, like a recording at his house, and uh, one of my greatest memories actually. But and he was he was it was hilarious because he was following along. I love this guy. He was a great. Guy. He he was following along on the sheet music. And they would go like, and he would be like, ooh, ooh. He, because he had another friend who like understood the music. And he's like, oh, Cameron can't oh, breathe right now. <laughs> and I'm sitting there trying like doing my math homework going like, whatever you say, guys, like, I love you, but I'm, I'm not getting anything from this. But you know. this is like my brother, my brother studied uh, music in college. Was, his degree was in composition. And he was like, let's just see if you can get through what I had to listen to in class, you know? Like it oh. was like it was like the mm-hmm. music version of this podcast. And and I was like, this is horrible. And Glenn just do, looks at me and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> do you <laughs> like, remember any of the people he played? No, no. I but it oh. does sound a lot like that, where it's just like just nails on the chalkboard for the sake of it. Uh I, I'm not sure why some people sit back and want to develop tinnitus from that but. i mean who knows maybe i'll i haven't listened to it since then so it's possible maybe i listen to it and be like oh yeah this rocks you know because i mean look ozu i watched many years ago and was like you know boring and now i'm i'm ozu pilled i'm about to watch all of his movies on criterion after you after should you should i think i i on, they're actually they're showing some of them at the uh, uh pfa here in berkeley so hey you want to go isaac let's let's no. drag you out ozu <laughs> Ozu and ramen shop, though, not too bad. Oh, yeah, that sounds uh, good. (laughs) I actually have to admit, I'm not a big ramen guy. Okay, Uh, Ozu and pizza after, whatever. (laughs) I love that. I think I I was too into it. You know, one too many brown eggs, and then... I'll eat you your know. brown eggs. Yeah, there's never. I, I don't know not, what you mean by too many. Those. Yeah, <laughs> I but, love. Uh, I used to love them, and then I threw them up too many times. So I think you'll. I think you'll dig. I think you'll dig ramen shop. But you know, this, this is not a food podcast. Yeah, I. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I uh, who am I to who am I to judge? I, I guess I can't judge. I listen to apparently the worst music to Cameron sometimes. So <laughs> me and my new yeah, metal maybe rap Morton rock, Feldman is you know is better than uh, Coldplay or whatever whatever you like. I mean, <laughs> like I actually I, that's totally a joke. I like I had this Coldplay. <laughs> I had this like weirdly unironic interest in Limp Biscuit last week, and I just totally <laughs> I listened through so much of his music, and I was like. I'm kind of down with this. I don't know what it is, you know? Uh, but wow. yeah, he's had a little bit of a resurgence for some reason. <laughs> he Did he direct a movie or he was, was he in a movie? No, he directed a movie, right? I think he did. Fred Durst. Yeah. Um, I think he directed that movie with uh, where John Travolta plays this like deranged guy who breaks into celebrities homes. I forget what it was. The called. fanatic. That's yeah. The fanatic. Yeah. Because there was a reference to it in the movie. I just know this because the Mike and Jay review. But that's so funny. Anyway. I f- totally forgot about this movie. That came out. Yeah, it came out in 2019. Oh my 2019. Goodness. Yeah, it has a terrible rating on IMDb. But you know, whatever. Fred Durst auteurism begins but here. I can say with a whole heart. Like even if I enjoyed some of that, if somebody looks at me and says that music's trash, I'd be like. I totally get what you're saying. You know, oh, as a matter no, of fact, I, I could I could 100% agree with you. You know, doesn't mean I didn't enjoy parts of it, but uh, I'm on your side. You know, no, it's, I, the pe- I, it's the people that don't are unaware. You know, and I'm like, how? <laughs> how can you be unaware? You know, I mean, I, I really think. have no no room to judge because I'm the one who's forcing you guys to watch boring Japanese black and white movies that oh. came out in the 50s. At least you're uh, aware, though. <laughs> At least you're aware, Cameron. Yeah, it's fun for me. I like watching there you guys go. suffer. It's it's a, it's enjoyable. <laughs> Tables are turned now because I was having a great time watching that. <laughs> That's, yeah, watching I knew you were going to love it. I knew you were going to love this movie, too, though. I, it was, really? It was like, so obvious. I, I don't know what it was. I was like, this is a Juzo movie. It's not an, an Isaac movie. but it's Was it Juzo. when they said she's 27 and not married or what, what, what was no, no. I just feel like the uh, like some of the the beats, the emotional beats. I was like, okay, like there's there's just something here, you know. I mean, I just because we've we've talked about other movies before, and you have felt it, and I have not, and I'm like, that's when I know that you're it's going to resonate with you. Um, maybe I I had hopes maybe you would like it. I I I it was hard to say. Um, I have to say, by the way, this this movie is the movie that the nerd writer talked about, that I was talking about his essay about mm. those pillow shots. And I would recommend yeah. watching that, uh, Isaac, because I think he probably explains it better than I attempted to last week about cutting away from her when she's like in these emotional moments and just cutting to a vase and then going back. Right, right. Um, I noticed a lot of that, though, in, in yeah. the viewing. Yeah. And it, it I don't know. For me, it maybe I have a different reason. It, it hits me than he writes about in the essay but it's uh it it works like for whatever reason it works that you cut away and she comes back to her and she she has tears or not her eyes or something it just feels more um impactful in a way i actually realized it kind of i wonder if it almost has the feeling of you know that shot in taxi driver where the camera moves away from travis where it almost feels like the film is like i can't even watch this you know like it feels like almost like ozu's like i can't take the intensity of this emotion like i need a break okay i'm going back to it if, yeah, if I was to intellectualize it, um, but yes, powerful, powerful stuff, powerful filmmaking, um, mm. really, really beautiful. True. Um, well, I mean, I think that's all I have. Uh, 
we are going to watch Tokyo Story next week, which I, I don't want to, uh, you know, implant things into your mind. But Tokyo Story is his most famous and probably most loved movie. Um, many people put it, um, uh, I think for a long time, it was like number three in the top AFI's top 100 movies. It's definitely his most known, yeah, respected movie. Um, and I am kind of going in order in like, you know, chronological order. Um, but I know you are uh, you are going to be gone, Juzo, the week after this week, right? I mean, the thing about that is I think it's it's feasible. I could maybe do it from the hotel. I don't know. Yeah, because um, Tokyo Twilight, um, I just really love. I think this movie is so, um, so sad, so different for for ozu and um i think you would be Isaac. i think you'd find that really interesting Isaac. so it's two and a half hours long <laughs> i tokyo know, twilight I, no it's not it's two it's like 220 220 still that's yeah. quite a bit yeah i will say though tokyo twilight's got my most interest mm. uh, I, I think it's just the the poster the the, the poster I'm yeah. like, this is like, it's just got a vibe about the poster that I hope translates to the film. Um, I don't know what it is, but. Well, that'll I, be the week after this next week. Um, but yeah, so don't watch Tokyo Twilight instead of Tokyo Story. Got it. Get those, get those right. Um, but yeah, but I, I do think we'll have an interesting discussion on Tokyo Story next week. Um, you know, specifically because it's his, it's really his most well-known movie. Um, and to me, you know, it's weird, like even late spring, which I really appreciate and I really like, um, you know, some of his movies that are much more like relaxed and almost like lackadaisical. Um, I like those movies better, you know, I'll be honest, but I'm giving you the highlights, you know, the, what people generally respect um and where yeah go ahead well that's just like um that's how i'm categorizing these these movies um not necessarily by my favorites but by sort of what's generally like respected Um, i was just gonna ask where do you like for you where does the late spring is this your favorite which one is your favorite um the one that i've watched the most and that i think i like the most um though i'm not sure why um i just like the feeling of that movie is it not an autumn afternoon which is his last movie i think his last movie um interesting yeah it's in it's in color um it looks amazing i mean it's like his i think it's his best looking movie um and you know it has i don't know it just has these these um it's it's very nice, and I say I think it's easier to watch than a lot of his his oh, other movies. Why are, we're not going to watch it though? Okay. We are not going to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all right. I was interested in last movies too. It's like, yeah, yeah. Not not very many great last movies. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love that actor, man. He's that guy. Is like, I don't know. To me, he's like I was thinking. My grandpa is thinking of like a lot of like those older Japanese guys who kind of I mean most of them are gone now um, in my family, but that that I don't know, sort of little bit of a twinkle of humor and also just the way he does his hair and everything is, is reminding yeah. of that. So. Yeah. 
It's I mean, I, it's nice that he's in like all of those movies because he's <laughs> I that was such a great his acting by the way where he was he tells her he's getting married and he just keeps he has a one syllable he's like uh huh she's like oh so you're gonna do uh huh and he answers and he starts his cheek starts twitching did you guys notice that just mm. like a little bit Mm-mm, I didn't dang see it. that was just like I don't know to me it was just like this is like amazing performances by both of them really really incredible yeah. Well, um, yeah, we'll watch uh, we'll watch Tokyo Star next week, and um, you know, Juzo, if you could join us for Tokyo Twilight the week after, um, that'll be really interesting. Tokyo Twilight's probably my second favorite, so um, oh, wow. yeah. Okay. All right, um, we will see you guys next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.